This is a podcast. We're going to start today without hatred. Oh, it's a new era, maybe. A got calmer, peaceful era. Indeed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I could turn this into hatred, but I don't really think so. So anyway, um, on the way over here, I was observing the people around me on the freeway, as I am wont to do. Checking and, out. I mean, indeed. And, at- like, this one car, Chevy, zooms by me. It's like some kind of muscle car type thing. And it has the license plate frame. It wasn't the regular, if you're riding my ass, you better be pulling my hair. It was mm-hmm. like... Uh, <laughs> because that's the regular. Well, it was, that's it was, the, it was that's a take on that. That's the cars come with. <laughs> no, it was a take on that. It was like... Um, Riding my ass by appointment only or something like or by invitation oh. only or something. That's not and, really that funny. No. And the way the way <gasps> Unless he's a gigolo. Well that's the thing. Like my first thought was that the guy was it was driving like a guy. Yeah. Like a testosterone testosterone fueled like guy. And it seemed like a weird thing for him to have as his license plate frame. Because I feel like mm, so that's, I think it was a woman. I feel like that's not something that a straight man would put on his license. I rarely give out appointments for riding my ass <laughs> as a straight man. You just take walk-ins, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. First, um, first come, first serve. So it was very weird. Like, And they were driving so fast, I was like, I, I was just kind of driving at a regular speed. I wasn't going to like zoom up to see what they looked like. Right. But it made me think what would be a really hilarious scenario for that. Because like, sometimes with, in addition to other license plates or... Or uh, bumper stickers or whatever. People are like, huh, I wonder what that person looks like. You know, like, yeah. when we were younger, we'd see a Roxy bumper sticker. We're like, oh, is it going to be an attractive girl? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we ought like to. I wonder, <laughs> yeah. that guy must be hot. Actually, just the other day, I was stopped at a stoplight, and I could tell the girl behind me was taking a picture of my license plate with her phone. Mm. It happens not infrequently. Anyway. Right. Um, but, um, anyway, so I was thinking, it would be really funny... For someone to have that, if you're riding my my ass, you better be pulling my hair, mm-hmm. and pull up and have it be a bald guy. Ah. Because then it'd be like, under no circumstances are you able to ride my ass, because or, he has no hair to pull. Or his ass was ridden so much that all his hair was pulled out. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. Or, if you want to be really bad, he had a bunch of ass hair. Mm. And so, if you're riding his ass... You Not anymore, though. Because yeah. it got pulled out. Okay. Or bleached. I, I, I don't know. Your, your, uh, your premise that the hair is being pulled so hard it's being pulled out is is interesting to me. It's, that seems like I don't your know. default setting. I don't know how you ride ass, but I, I get aggressive. You really yank on that hair, don't you? Yeah. Um, okay, so our main topic today is television, but I have a couple other things to talk about before we get there. Okay. Um, one is that the time is coming in the future for family life, mm. which has become a regular yeah. once-a-year segment on this podcast. Our, our annual sexy read podcast. read the uh, things. And based on recent events at, at my school, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of kids that already think they're, like, hot shots. I had a kid in my class text a picture of his abs to another girl in my class. Kids in your class have abs? I had... <laughs> Uh, At that age, isn't it just malnourishment? (laughs) There were... He's like 11 years old, 65 pounds. Yeah. Uh, There were rumors spread this week about one of my students receiving oral sex from another student at science camp, which obviously didn't happen. Why uh, obviously? Because they're always under adult supervision. There's like no time at which they're able to 
even what if it that. was two kids of the same gender? It wasn't. That's not who I know who the no. the rumors about. So. so do you think the boy kid spread this rumor to his no, friends? No, I think or I think no, because he was the one who was upset and brought it to my attention. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're saying horrible You're, things about me. Well, did I receive? Well, he was I mean, the recipient, ima- right? Alleged. If, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if you're the girl's parents, mm-hmm. like, and those rumors are being spread about your sixth sixth grade daughter. Like, I'm. I mean, if I, I can see very litigious parents being in an uproar about that, but apparently it was just a couple kids like I trying to like get a, a flash, not flash, flash forward to things I'm gonna have to pretend like I care about. <laughs> you're like, yeah, she probably did that. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was thinking about. This like came to me in the shower one day or something, and don't read into that. But I was just no. Thinking, you're just thinking about uh, students in your. No, I wasn't thinking sex. about them. But but this this idea came to me for some reason. For some reason, I was thinking about the menstrual cycle mm. and explaining that to my students, my male which students. You've because, done before, right? Which I've done before. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, p- popping in my head is an analogy for teaching. Sixth grade boys about a period. This ought to be good. You ready? Yeah. I, I explained this to Zach, and he found instantly found the key flaw with my with my analogy. But anyway, here goes. Okay. Every month, a girl's body is like a typewriter typing up a contract. Well, I know the immediate flaw. <laughs> Your kids are like, "What's a typewriter?" All right. Having said that, okay, yeah, let's, go let's ahead. Typing up a contract. Ty- typing up a contract. Okay, and uh. At a certain time during the month, if a pen is present to sign that contract, then the woman goes forth in, you know, having a baby or whatever. The, the contract right. for parenthood is signed. If the pen does not come and, and use its ink to sign the contract, mm-hmm. the paper is torn out of the typewriter, and a new paper And the typist gets a little emotional. <laughs> Ah, got to see that contract go. <laughs> and they type up a new contract. And eventually, as they get older, the women run out of paper. Mm. You can no longer type up contracts. Do you have to go Where, that far in your lesson? Whereas, no. But whereas no. men always have plenty of ink in our pens. Yeah, we do. Unless we intentionally go to have our ink removed from our pen or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. You're going down a lot of paths <laughs> that I don't know are necessary for the 11-year-old That's boys. True. But I like taking the analogy as far as it It's goes. good. It's... I'm surprised that you bring up the pen being present, like yeah. as a as a the key. The best part for point. me is ripping the paper out of the, uh, you know, yeah. Like Sometimes you get a little paper cut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would think they would just want to teach it as sort of like an independent thing because you said they have very rules. Like you can't really talk about how the semen reaches the vagina right. or whatever. Um, so I would. It's think, a it's a it's a pen fifteen. That, well, I that figured. Yeah. I, I, so I thought you would. They would make you teach it like this. Just happens to women on their own, and you know that is how I teach it. Okay. But I was just having flights of fancy as to what would yeah. be a humorous way for. It's me a to pretty teach good it. analogy. Yeah. You would need like a group of other teachers in the room, and they'd all be in the back, kind of like laughing, and, oh, the, and the boys would just be like wide eyed, like what? <laughs> well. What usually confuses and scares the boys most is the nocturnal emission part. They're like, what's going to come out of me? Mm. This is terrifying. Yeah. So, it's pretty awesome. You get used to it. Although, I'm a little worried that this group of kids is, like, looking forward to it. (laughs) At least the boys. Well, I can't wait for the questions. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. That is... It uh, is going to be great. That is something I look forward to. Okay, um... Because I learned something. One more thing before we get to television. Okay. 
we have the opportunity for This Week in Zombies. Ooh. This Week in Zombies. Um, I recently read a zombie book. Okay. It's called World War Z. Yes. Have you heard of this? I have heard of it. I think my dad read it. And they're making a movie out of it yeah. with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to draw you into it there. Oh. Um, the author is named Max Brooks, son of... Gwendolyn Brooks? Nope. Uh, I don't know. Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. really? Mel Brooks' son. So is it a humorous novel? It's not. Um, okay. He first wrote a book called The Zombie Survival Handbook or something like that. And I bought that after I read the other one. And it was like, it was, that was, it was more like a kind of a doomsday prepper type thing. Like, here's which weapons are more useful or less useful. And here's how you want to construct a, you know, here's how you want to pick where you go to and stuff. World War Z is, it's, it's written as if this zombie war has already happened. Mm-hmm. And the, the author is like a... Um, documentarian, and he goes around the world and interviews all these people that were involved in it in certain ways. And so it starts out, and you learn about the early parts of it and how, um, you know, how it first began and spread and, and misinformation, and then it gets into, you know, kind of early stages, and then when it was fully spread, and then kind of how the war turned, and and now that it's mostly over, like, the, the, the idea of containing it and making sure outbreaks don't happen again and all that stuff, it's really interesting. And hmm. because each of, the, each of the interviews are fairly short, uh-huh. like, it's, it's, it, it goes really quickly. Um, and they're all little kind of self-contained stories. They sometimes refer back to each other, but... Is it, like, scary at all, or is it no. just more like a historical account? No, it's of... historical. Yeah, it's not... It's kind of like... Did you ever see, uh, what's that Soderbergh movie with, um, Contagion? No. Okay. Kind of like that. Um, in that, in that there's like people that try to profit from it. Like there's this guy who, it, it gets referred to as African rabies because at first people don't really know what it is and they don't like instantly think, hey, it's zombies. Mm-hmm. So, um, this guy markets this like uh, cure for it or vaccine for it. That's really just a rabies vaccine. And so he like makes billions of dollars selling this everywhere, even though it doesn't actually work. Yeah. And what's interesting, there's like little pockets of, of things that are like, ah, oh, it's really like, um, there are these people that are, that kind of have Stockholm syndrome. And so they act as zombies even when they're not. Okay. Because they're like, so, you know, people are to like, up, right? to be... not to try and hide from the zombies because oh, yeah. zombies know if you're alive or not. And you're, you're going to get eaten whether you're pretending to be a zombie or not. Right. I don't know. Um, so right. yeah, you would, I don't accept like, the premise. Like zombies, aren't, zombies aren't fooled by you acting like a zombie. Like oh. they have the ability to sense. I thought your, they were in the whatever. trailer for that other movie that I saw. Well, the one where it's a love yeah, story or whatever. Bodies. And they like have yeah. just grown and like, yeah. not limp around. And, um, well, people need to get their zombie mythology. That's true. Straight. Well, there are so many different ones. Like, What's what? What I find strange, and I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. Although I don't, I don't know how really how they're going to do it because the book doesn't really seem to lend itself to that. But in the movie trailer, the zombies run super fast, which is to me is terrifying. Yeah, because zombies are supposed that's to. That's the most terrifying that's part like the of the video thing, game, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like with zombies, like you have the advantage of time over them, or, or speed, but they like just can keep coming and coming and coming, right? right? Um, and so in I don't and in the book they're slow. 
So I don't, I don't really get how that gets changed. But anyway, um, so there's these fake zombies. They're called Quizlings. And um, early on, like, they would bite people, and people wouldn't be turned into a zombie. And so some people would think, hey, I'm immune to this. Mm. Or I took this rabies vaccine, and now I, it didn't happen. So that, like, led to more in- misinformation and things like that. It's really good. It sounds interesting. I have it at my house. I have it at Podcast East, oh. which we're going to later. Yeah. So. I think my house is Podcast East, right? Yeah. We've, we've, we've podcasted, podcasted there. And Podcast West would be Bodega Bay? Sure. <laughs> and our LA hotel room would That's be Podcast the South? Farthest West, we, yeah. We didn't podcast in Seattle, did we? I don't think we did. Someday, that will be Podcast North. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to uh, that. Um, so, yeah, World War Z. It is very good. It's been hard for me to get into books ever since I read the Game of Thrones series because I was like so obsessed with those. Hmm. So it was nice to like kind of enter have into you the reread world. them, all of them? Yes, yeah. yeah. more than once. Just I read them each twice. Okay, yeah. And the new season starts three weeks from tomorrow, so I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be the last night of the, this Walking Dead season and the first night of the new Game of Thrones season. So. Get a little That's baton good for you. Yeah. off there. Yeah. No withdrawals of TV. Speaking of television. Ooh, good segue. Hey, yo. Um, so I texted you a little while ago. Yep. A few days. Yeah. Gave you a little bit of lead time. And I actually did my prep. And um, the question was, who, uh, make a list of your top ten favorite television characters of all time. Yes. How many do you think we share? Probably not more than one, I would agree. maybe two. I would agree. But I feel like we watch very different shows. I think it's possible there's two. Okay. I'd be really shocked if there's more than two. Yeah, I would too. And I know there's certain ones on here that you don't watch, and right. therefore, well, and probably vice versa. Yeah. Um, Unless you become a big daytime soaps fan. <laughs> um, this, I... I don't remember where this question came from, but like Zach's been, Zach asks me random questions all the time mm-hmm. and I was talking to him and saying, you know, it'd be a good podcast segment to have like random questions with Zach and have him call in. He does a lot of like, would you rather like bad type of things? Like, right. Anyway. So maybe look for that in the upcoming <laughs> podcast maybe. Just I, like, I do. I always enjoy whenever you say, oh, Zach texted me this conundrum last yeah. week and so yeah. It's always... It's always unexpected, too. Yeah, that's so, what I like, is the randomness. So, like, unexpected questions with Zach, as long as I prep him beforehand, say, hey, be ready from this time to this time. Yeah. I think that'd be... We could make it happen. A welcome addition. Yeah. Okay, so, um, I don't know how we want to do this. Let's, uh... We just go back and alternate? Forth? Are yours in order from... No. No, mine aren't yeah. either. Let's do them in alphabetical order, then. Oh. We'll make you do a little work there. Okay. By last name? By last name. If they okay. have a last name. Yeah. I don't know one of the last names of mine. <laughs> I, I could look it up. But it One of them, my first one might be the one we have in common. Yeah, probably mine too. George Costanza? No. Oh. I can, I can beat that alphabetically. Okay. Jed Bartlett. Mmm. I'm surprised. I'm still in season one. Yeah, I'm still in season one. That's all you need. So I, so far, I sort of feel like I like Josh Lyman better than Jed Bartlett. Yeah, these well, Josh Lemon's more entertaining, mm-hmm. but I feel like uh, President Bartlett from The West Wing is I, I could I never get tired of seeing him. 
Which was I one think... of the things I tried to think about when I came up with my list of favorite characters. No, definitely. Because there are some Josh storylines that are like, nah. Well, here's the other thing. I haven't gotten any... I know that he's going to eventually get into like a relationship with his assistant or whatever. Yeah. And I haven't had any of that yet. Well, and so really... So unta- untainted it's by the Donna like garbage. three or four years of just like flirting. Well, they and, yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's just, bleh, who cares, you know. Um, so, yeah. But President Bartlett, I don't think there's any like... There's no scene I'd want to fast forward or something, right. you know. And I just appreciate... Good, like, monologues. Yes, th- exactly. I was going to say the speeches that he gives, um, or monologues and stuff. Yeah. Pretty good dialogues, but mostly the monologues. Right. Okay. So, my number one, alphabetically, is Costanza. Yours is Bartlett. Is yep. Costanza on your list? He's not. Wow. Do you have a Seinfeld character on your list? I do. Is it Seinfeld? No. Oh. Okay. I'm excited <laughs> now. <laughs> Um, all right, number two on my list. Well, you didn't, you want to, to talk about Costanza at all? Oh. Like, why know? would you pick Costanza of all the Seinfeld characters? Um, that's a good question. I feel like... Why not Uncle Leo? <laughs> is that really your character? No. <laughs> I feel like Costanza's stuff is always really funny. I, I love, I, I think Bartlett is a good one because you have kind of that backstory of the fact that he was never really supposed to be a main character or really in it very much at all, mm-hmm. and he became... Because of how good he was, he became a main character. Um, and I think with Costanza, I like the backstory that it's actually kind of Larry David. Mm-hmm, but yeah. rather than being, you know, like, tall and gangly and bald or whatever, he's short and fat and bald. And, um, he's just so losery. Even though his storylines like, are often entertaining, I mean, it's just like, ugh. It's not like I want to be him, but right. just, I mean, he, there aren't, there there are very few times where you've got a George Costanza story and he doesn't kill it. I mean, yeah, I mean, he he's he's brilliant right. in in everything he does, and so true. I don't know. Okay, I feel like I feel like if they started making Seinfeld again, mm-hmm. of all the characters, Costanza would still be the best. Like, I feel like Seinfeld would be kind of weird at this age, still being the guy that he was. Yeah, that's true, and. And say and and um, Elaine, oh, I think it would be hard at that you know at a later age to still do this. And same with Kramer, but Costanza, I mean, he was he was probably like not much older than we are now when he started doing it. Oh, that's so sad. But he seemed like he was like way older, right. and you know, yeah. So I don't know. That's a good one. Okay, number two alphabetically mm-hmm. for me is. Tobias Funke (laughs) from my favorite show, Arrested Development. Yeah. Really? Tobias? That's not normal. Of all the characters, Tobias? Well, I I don't know. Maybe it's saying something about me, the way that I'm picking, like, the really bizarre... Although, I guess, maybe Kramer's more bizarre than than, uh, Costanza, but... I don't know, Tobias, he just the little... The nuances that he does, and sometimes they're very overt and not nuanced at all, but... um, very quotable, very yeah. memorable. Yeah. I like his... He's got good physical comedy. There's, like, the scenes where he's trying to be, like, cat-like, and there's a scene where, um... Mrs. Fingerbottle jumps where, off the balcony. Oh, oh yeah, that's a great one. Where Lucille's, like, quoting about Lucille 2, and she keeps spilling her drink, and then he comes in, and he, like, slips on it, and he totally does good physical comedy there, too. Nice. So. My next one, alphabetically, is Coach. From Cheers. Hmm, wow. Yeah. 
Of all the Cheers characters, Coach is your favorite. Yeah. That's interesting. That goes back to my rule about, like, uh, or one of the rules when I was making this about um, someone who, who never overstays their welcome. Like, maybe it's a minor character, but he's never, like, forced in and never stays around too long. He just pops in, delivers the joke, and, and leaves hmm. or whatever. But I really enjoyed Coach. His, uh, you know, naivete that was played so well and stuff. I feel like I... I feel like that's surprising being given our age. Yeah. Because I don't know the exact years that he was on the show, but I have to assume we were under 10 years old when he oh, left yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, you mean passed away. <laughs> He didn't, like, leave the show. <laughs> I thought it was contract negotiations. He left the show. He refused to Earth. sign <laughs> contract. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just not as memorable to, memorable to me mm. as, obviously, as Woody is. Ugh. You don't like Woody? Well, I Woody's really definitely like a precursor coach. to, uh, um, from 30 Rock. Oh, man, I get the biggest brain uh, things. Kenneth? Kenneth from 30 Rock. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just... Simple-minded from the... Sticks. Right. I don't know. But I know you don't really love Kenneth either. I don't. So, yeah. maybe it's not surprising that Coach is so popular with you. Alright, who's your number three? Uh, Larry David. Playing himself. Yes. From, Kirby from Kirby Enthusiasm. Okay. It's a solid choice. Yeah, I just, you know. It's kind of like the same as George Costanza. It is. <laughs> I mean, in, in that, but I think there's a little more... A little more, I'd like to be more like him than George Costanza would have. There's also the, like, oh, I'm repulsed by him and I can't believe the things he does or says and stuff. But then there's also, like, you know. And I know it's it's played up Like going to a Dodger game? Yeah. <laughs> with, a with, with a black hooker? Um, there's things that, you know, there's a lot of things where it's like, oh, I wish I wish I would, like, actually react that way, you know, to this person who cuts you off in traffic or, or right. whatever, you know. And, and more, not confrontational, but I don't know, you know. Situationally confrontational. Does that, if that make sense? The it, thing, it no, sense. he says the things that most people say under their breath, and he says to right. the person. I appreciate right. that. Um, my next one is from a show that you have not yet started watching, which is crazy. Okay. Uh, Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones. It's the dwarf character. Okay. Um, which, it's not really so much that... Dwarfs are very upsetting. <laughs> it's not very, so much that... That I mean, the actor does a great job with him, but the char- it's my favorite character in the books, and so um, the actor does a good job of bringing him to life, and and he's just great. Like he delivers the lines perfectly, and he plays the part. And do you think it's great? He or the other people on the show have read all the books and like studied them, or do you think that they just I, go I by what the script? Some tells of them, them. have. Um, and I think that's important to kind of know where some of the characters are going because there's a lot of characters that that die, um, and it's also important because as the story goes along, you get more of their motivation behind things and you get kind of more backstory. So, like, um, spoiler alert: uh, <laughs> with Jamie Lannister, his brother, he is known as the Kingslayer because he was one of the the King's guards. Um, this is before our, the the book one starts, but he was one of the the king's guards, and um, they the the city was under attack, and his father had been involved in like turning sides and going against the current king, and so Jamie actually goes and kills the king, even though he was his job was sworn job was to protect him, right? 
And so that saying kind of goes with him. He's the king slayer. He's someone who's not to be trusted or whatever. And and at the beginning of book one, he is his sister is married to the current king, who's played by the fat guy from Mark Addy, the fat guy from Full Monty. Okay. And um, but he's like secretly sleeping with his sister. There's a lot of incest in this. Uh, yeah, book series. delightful. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you find out later on that. The reason that he killed the king was the king, and the king's whole family is like obsessed with fire, and the king had planned, he had all these like, kind of rudimentary bombs set to go off and just kill everyone in the entire city. And so... Why would he do that? Just to like, go out in style. And like, oh. if I'm going down, everyone's going down. Okay. And so by killing him, he actually saved the entire city and all these innocent people from dying. And so it's like the thing that he is most reviled for is actually what he considers his greatest personal trauma. Do they know that he saved their lives? Or are they just think no, he killed the king? very few people yeah, okay. know that. And he doesn't tell them. He keeps it like in himself. And so if I was playing Jamie Lannister, I would want to know that about my own character mm-hmm. and not think, oh, I'm just this dick who, you know, can't be trusted. Right. He's got that kind of inner thing about him. So getting back to your question, I do think that at least most of the characters probably um, – most of the actors would have read. I wonder if that would be bad though. Like if you knew what's going to happen, you're like, to you I'm going to die sometime. This yeah, season. exactly. Yeah. Or, or just the way you maybe play some interact. Like if I'm interacting with you as a character, but I know that you're going to die in three chapters. Like maybe I'm not putting as much effort. Well, do you know into the big twist season? from season one? I don't. Okay. Are you planning on ever watching it? I will. Okay. Then I'll get there. Then I will not tell you. I've, I've, yeah, it's on the list. Okay. You should do it soon so we can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Like after we get off the Okay, okay. It's a busy day. So it is a busy day. <laughs> uh, so that's number three for me. Correct? Uh, yeah. Costanza, Funke, Lannister. Mm-hmm. You're up. Number three? No, I did mine. You did three. No, David. Larry David. Bartlett Coach David. My number four might be on your list. Okay. Liz Lemon. Liz Lemon is on my list. Yeah, we got one. That's probably gonna be it. Maybe not. Yeah. If you're playing your cards right, we got another one. In the bank. Mine are all towards the top of the alphabet, apparently. Okay. You're already at the um, L's. At I the am double at L's. Liz Lemon. That was a hard one for me because I really like... Jack Donaghy. Jack Donaghy. But... Definitely. Jack Donaghy is at his best when counseling and whatever Liz Lemon, I feel. Or if Salma Hayek's Well, yeah, yeah. That, that was, I came up with that same caveat, but... But Liz, but right. Liz without right. Jack is, is good. Jack without Liz is... Nah, it's okay. And that's kind of how I feel about... Seinfeld versus Costanza mm. is I feel like I mean Seinfeld's still good and he can be good with others but but Costanza really brings out the best in him that's true and the worst, worst. <laughs> and the worst <laughs> uh, but yeah Liz Levin uh, you know that makes me think maybe I should have put uh, I also made a 10 least favorite list I'm look- I did not so I'm looking forward to hearing that and I probably should have put one. Jenna on my 10 least favorite oh, list yeah. but I have a different 30 Rock character mm. on my 10 least favorite list so. okay Actually, Dr. Spachemin, I thought about putting I love oh, yeah, Dr. Yeah, yeah. Spachemin. Well, and he would go with that He would go with your, like, not overstaying yeah, his exactly. welcome. Like, he's in it very infrequently, but when he's in it's it, always he's gold. always awesome. Diabetes? Exactly. My number four is the recently departed J.R. Ewing. From my Dallas. From the original Dallas or the new Dallas? Yes. Okay. Well, it's the same character. I mean, it's the same person and stuff. Um, right, but like if, like, weren't there new, weren't there some old 90210 people on the new 90210? Yeah. 
Like, I would want to not include that. Like, Oh, yeah, you know okay. So I think that maybe this one is done better. Like Indiana or... Jones in the first three movies. And <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. This one's done better where it is it is just like the same person older and not something different. Speaking of Indiana Jones, it's sad that I feel like now if Harrison Ford's in something, mm-hmm. it makes me not want to see it. Yeah. Because I also saw that Cowboys and Aliens movie, and that was terrible. And he was terrible in it. I don't think it was terrible, but I remember thinking like, like, it was old and good. gruff and yeah, like, what, like very one-dimensional character. Yeah. And I do remember being underwhelmed, and, and I remember being excited by the trailer. And, and yeah. I remember thinking like he Bond would do... Bond is in it. Yeah. Olivia Wilde is in it. I remember like, thinking he would do good in that like old, grizzled role. Right. But then, yeah, it was just kind of, eh. It's like taking multiple ingredients that are really good and putting them together, and they're garbage. I think I read that when Disney makes new Star Wars movies, that he's going to be in it. I read that too. And that certain people are signed for the first one, after, not just him. After the Indiana Jones thing, it's like, yeah, maybe we should <laughs> just leave Shia it alone. Buff is not into that. Yeah, unless he unless he's playing like he's going to play C three PO with just painted on makeup mm. that will kill him because yeah, they didn't leave the breathing hole. Okay, so. Uh, we've each given four? Yep. Alright, my fifth fifth one <laughs> is John Locke from Lost. Okay. I love Lost. It's one of my favorite dramas of all time. And Do you love Lost more than Game of Thrones? Um, I love the show Lost more than the show Game of Thrones currently. But there's only been two seasons of Game of Thrones. And, I mean, the first, especially the first, like, two, three seasons of Lost were, I mean, un, you can't compare them really to anything else. They, hmm. There's the scope of them. and But the problem with it was it got so big and, and hard to handle because of how it just... Well, I was going to say, the, the thing, there's only been two seasons of one versus right. however many of the other... That could be good if the two seasons are, are really good, and over the course of a you know ten season run, there were some like hits and misses yeah. in the middle and stuff. What's I mean, I, I like what's happened with the book series. I've, I'm through book five of the series, but what's crazy is there's still two more books to go. So it's like, you know, the the rest of the story, which the TV show is based on, hasn't even been finished. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's not really in the showrunner's hands as much as it is in the author's hands as to where it's going to go. Because I can't imagine they're going to be like, uh, we didn't really like what happened with this book, so we're going to take a totally different direction. I feel that that just brings up a point, but I feel it's amazing in this day and age of, like, quick access to media and, and you know, YouTube clips and things and things that you could still create hype for a book coming out. There's, it's very about, like, rare. When Harry Potter. Harry Potter book came out or Twilight the... Books. the um, Da Vinci Code guy mm. books. Or it's yeah, always right. like it sold 3 million copies in the first day it was released or this Game of Thrones thing. It's amazing to me that you can still... And those are all it's thick good, books. Right? It's a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing. But it's just amazing that people still are willing to invest that much time when they could just wait for the you know trailer of the movie and watch that in three seconds and be done. Yeah. It seems like they're always series. Yeah, it's true. Like that. I mean, I guess technically Dan Brown books aren't... Well, but they're always with the same they're character. Right. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, like, 
you know, other series that have the same character. I mean, I guess you have a small following, like there, if there's certain, like the Dennis or uh, Robert Parker books. You know, if there's a new. Yeah, but that's not like a. That's not like a, an event. That's like, oh, you know, you, oh, what would right. happen to me is like you're at Costco and you go, oh, that guy wrote a new book. I guess I'll pick that up. Right. Whereas these are like pre-sales and and you know people waiting in line for the Harry Potter. Um, I'm not into them, but do you think John Grisham books are still that way? I don't think so. Kevin Grisham books are. <laughs> well played. Okay, um, he was author of The Rural Jur. The Rural Jur, yeah. Rural and Jur. the sequel? Oh, I don't remember. Urban Fervor? Oh, yeah. Uh, so who's your number five? Uh, that would be... Uh, so this was the last one I wrote, and you gave it to me, and I wasn't going to put it, but then I ended up putting it, and it's the mom from Gilmore Girls. And I can't really defend it, because I haven't watched the show in ten years, but I just remember when it was on that I really enjoyed her quirkiness and things. I wanted to put more female characters, and I only put Liz Lemon. Mm. It's my only female character. And that's just barely. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely hits at being a dude <laughs> several times. Um, Those blazers? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. You I, know, it's hard, and I've noticed, too, like, when I make a, a playlist or something on iTunes, that I think I, like, gravitate towards male singers more than female singers, and so I wonder if there's just something inherent about gender where you're... More identifying with male characters and whatnot than Maybe. women. I can definitely sing along to male singers better than female singers. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, I was trying to think if there was, like, one that was so attractive that whenever she was on screen, I was like, yes, I'm super bought in on this. But, I don't know. Yeah, Angela Bauer. <laughs> I did. I, was, I, I tried did. to think about Alyssa Milano, but, did like, I never really watched, I never watched Charmed or whatever. No. Um, and I don't think there's any TV shows where I watch it because there's like a super hot female lead or anything. Modern Family? Nah. Yeah, you don't watch it because nah. of that. That's just it's just good that Julie Bowen's there. <laughs> oh, I meant the youngest daughter. <laughs> um Anyway. Okay, so I put Gilmore's mom. So okay. who's your number five or whatever? That was John Locke. Oh okay. now have you watched Lost at All? Nope. Okay. I'm busy watching old uh, Cheers and West Wing episodes. <laughs> things you've already watched instead yeah. of new ones. Okay, uh, let's see. What comes next alphabetically? This is the person... Okay, I'm going to give this the name of this person. I just have their first name, and I forget what the last name is. Okay. Um, there was a show... I believe it was only on for one season, maybe two seasons. The show was Carpoolers. You ever watched that I've show? I've never heard of it. Um, not it had Jerry O'Connell it. in it. Okay. And Jerry Miner. Do you know who Jerry Miner is? I don't. Jerry Miner was... Here's two things that you would know him from. Okay. Although you probably wouldn't maybe recognize him. You'd just be like, oh, yeah, he's that guy, too. Uh, when Ron Burgundy plays jazz flute, yep, he is in the band playing one of the instruments in the back. Okay, he is also in Arrested Development when there's the two cops that are having two gay cops that are having the baby together, and um, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is pretending to have oh, the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the black cop. Remember, they're like we mixed our semen together. We don't know who the father's going to be, and one of them's black and one of them's white. So it's like obviously you're going to know. It is. Didn't they also do that on 30 Rock with Will I Arnett's character? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Arrested Development at first. Yeah. Um, but that's that's uh, Jerry Minor. Anyway, the character, um, it's these four guys that all carpool together. And um, the, like, straight guy, his son is named Marmaduke. <laughs> okay. And he's, like, <laughs> 30 almost. And he, like, lives at home and he's... 
He's <laughs> such an awesome name. He's awesome. He's really funny. And he's in it very rare. He's like one of those coach characters where he's not in mm-hmm. it very often. But he's just so... Does he look at Playdog he's magazine? Just, <laughs> he's just so out of touch with reality. Um, he's played by TJ Miller. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a comedian. Okay. Um, he was in that... Uh, what was that? J.J. Uh, Abrams Cloverfield? Mm-hmm. He was in that. We'll, we'll, we'll I never look, saw that. We'll look up Marmaduke clips uh, when the yeah. podcast over. <laughs> um, but he's hilarious. Anyway, so Marmaduke okay. is... And I don't want to like give you any lines, because I'd rather have you actually see it, if they're even available on the thing. But I appreciate that. Marmaduke. His, oh, the mother is Faith Ford. I believe that's a Murphy Brown thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You are like an IMDB, by the way. <sighs> I try, and then I'm like, uh, what's the name of this guy? Oh, it's Jacob, okay. Yeah. They're also a DB. Thanks. Uh, That's a good setup of yourself, by the way. My next one, alphabetically, Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable. Oh, that's an excellent call. That's an excellent (laughs) You know what? I I feel like maybe Heathcliff Huxtable might have influenced my parenting skills. Because I really feel towards Molly that she's just a financial burden and I just wish she would move away. (laughs) And I like to dance. And you're an OBGYN. And wear sweaters, yeah. Uh, Amateur. Um, you know, you saying, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. You talking about the IMDb. I want to give a quick shout out to my brother-in-law because he super impressed me. We were talking about family matters because like the, this you mean like the business of your family or no. Jaleel White? Jaleel White okay. family matters. Yeah. And, um, it came up and he's got a son who's, they've got a son who's like 10 or 11 and, and black and wear suspenders. And, uh. There was some reference to Urkel, and the kid didn't know, oh. and my nephew didn't know who that was. Right. And so we were talking about it, and... Go look it up on your typewriter, Carl, kid. Carl, the dad, and, and Harriet, and he pulls out with a Waldo Faldo reference. Do you know who that is? No. So Eddie was the the son. Okay, the older son. Yeah. yeah. And, and Urkel was originally, like, his friend, sort of. And his friends were Urkel and Waldo Faldo, and I was like... I've never heard that before in my life. And I looked it up, and that was that was the friend. I was super impressed wow. by that very random Family Matters knowledge. Yeah. so Because Family Matters was not as, you know, widely, I think, viewed as no, Cosby's or, or Cheers or something. Do you remember when Steve Urkel went into the, like, machine and became the cool version of himself? I, Stefan yeah. Urkel? Okay, I don't remember the name. <laughs> yeah, I remember the vague... So anyway, we is were it a nutty, we, nutty professor. Kind of, we were we were we were riffing on family matters, and yeah. I was just really impressed because I did not expect that from him. He's like yeah. in his early forties and stuff, and I was like, anyway. So back to Heathcliff Huxtable. Yeah, um, he is a great character, and I was actually thinking because like my kids nowadays, their favorite they watch shows like Jersey Shore and. Uh, Honey Boo Boo and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think, like, what shows did we watch when we were in sixth grade? And I feel like Cosby, Cosby show, show was one of them. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the few shows, aside from cartoons, that I remember watching at that time. Interesting. And yeah. so I, that, that for me, gives even more points. For me, to it was answer. Cheers, too. I feel really? like maybe they were on Back to Back or something. Your or parents something? were cool with you watching a show about a bar? Yeah. Yeah, mine, too. Uh, I feel like I watched... They were a little worried I, I did, about a show about Kirstie Alley. I did watch In Living Color. Back then, yeah, yeah. And The Simpsons as well. Which is crazy that like we watched The Simpsons as kids and now kids today are watching The Simpsons. But. Right. Anyway, good on you, Matt Greening. Okay, um so that's one, two, three, four, five, six we've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, next, gotta do some alphabetical stuff here. 
What comes after M? I think it goes down to S. Okay. Ron Swanson. You don't watch From, Parks and Recreation. I don't. But it is a very good show, and you would love, love, love Ron Swanson. Okay. He is like a man's man. He loves. I enjoy men. He loves. <laughs> he loves scotch. Ooh. He he. It's funny. He works for the government. You know, he works for the parks department, but he hates the government. And he like he hate. He's all about like just kind of simplicity and being a man and shooting guns and and eating meat and and drinking a good scotch and and like no not fooling around with stuff. He's just like. Hmm. He's a great character. I do like the He's sound a great of character. Yeah. There's there's a there's an episode where um the Adam Scott character is having his bachelor party and he he's like, You can do whatever you want for the bachelor party. Rob Lowe's in it, by the way. Yeah. Which you would like. Um Hey, I told you that in confidence. <laughs> uh and he uh he's like, I can do whatever I want. I want to play board games. So they play Settlers of Catan. Huh. And he's like, oh, well, I'm naturally ranked, blah, blah, blah. That's the Adam Scott character. And Ron Swanson goes, I'm building a huge road over here so that I can, like, build my civilization away from everybody else and not have to play this stupid game anymore. Nice. That's really funny. So that's Ron Swanson. I like Ron Swanson. That is a show that would be easy for you to get into because there's only been a couple of seasons. They're 30-minute episodes. and And do you need, like, you don't need to see last week's to get this week's or anything, right? Or do you? Not really. Yeah. That's the good thing about comedies, usually. Yeah. Like, 30 Rock, you can just jump in and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, my next one, alphabetically, Jay Peterman. Ah. That is my Seinfeld one. And okay. that is, that is like, the epitome of the don't overstay your welcome rule and the leave him wanting more rule. Because I always want more Peterman and... The warlord poet or whatever it is? Isn't that what they call him? <laughs> when he's yeah, in Burma. He's in Burma. Uh, yeah. And I just, I really enjoy him and... and I always want more, and, and but I feel like there's never too much in any of the episodes that he's in. That's true. And he's insanely quotable, I feel like, and that voice. And would Putty fall into that category? Do you ever feel like there's too much Putty? Putty would fall into that category, that there was not enough. How about Newman? Newman, there was... He sometimes overstayed his welcome? Sometimes, yeah. Because there was ones where he would be, like, the whole, like when they're driving to Michigan to recycle the bottles, mm-hmm. or the rickshaw, or whatever. How about like, Bob Sacramento? He was never in it, right? <laughs> no, he was, he was never in it. <laughs> um, okay, after S comes T, Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. Okay. Originally I had Tim Riggins. Is that your hot guy boyfriend? heartthrob uh, from the show, but, but you didn't want to then I talked to it a little bit, and I was like, no, Coach Taylor's great, and he's, he and... His hot wife, Connie Britton, um, great couple, and just, he's like the steady presence, and he deals with a lot of crap, but he's always, he's kind of like a Jed Bartlett sort of Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like one of those Um, inspirational... Yeah. Yeah. Gives good speeches, and, and has these, hits these high moments, and, um, definitely, definitely a great character. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Coach Taylor. My next one, Sipowitz from NYPD Blue. I never watched that show. It was really good. I know he showed his ass, so I assume that's why he's on your list. How he got, that's how you get on my list. Uh, and I have, you know, it's one I haven't watched in years, but I was trying to think of, like, historically characters that have, that have stood out or something. Um, he was very intense in every episode. Okay. And I sort of appreciated that. Um, and he was... Dennis Franz, right? Yes. He was uh, a flawed character. You know, he'd been an alcoholic and, and divorced, and he had a son he didn't really know, you know, or interact with at all. Um, and he was one of those 
people who's like trying to do the right thing, but maybe there's just like some gray areas and things sometimes, and and it's just really, I don't want to say fun to watch, but it's just a good character to watch, you know. Did you ever watch The Shield? No. I heard that was a very good show too, and and the main character in that kind of reminds me of what you're saying. Although I feel like in the Shield they were kind of like crooked cops. Yeah, I feel like it was to a more darker degree. Whereas I think with the Civil War storyline, it's always like in the first episode, I think he's like newly sober or something. So it was all sort of it had been you know all his dark things had been in the past, and he's sort of making amends maybe with the rest of his life type thing. The tough part about so many of these shows that that were out back then is. Some of them are harder to watch nowadays, like, if you get back yeah. into it. West Wing is pretty good with that. It doesn't have that, but, like, the with Seinfeld, almost every episode, it's like, if there had just been cell phones, <laughs> like, I was watching the Bubble <laughs> yeah. Boy one, it's like, yeah. he was following George, and George starts going, like, 100 miles an hour, and so they lose him, and he's like, well, I don't know how to get there, and it's like, <laughs> right. all right, well, If there was indeed. GPS and cell phones. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one more point about Ron Swanson that I forgot to mention okay. that makes him an awesome character as well. Great mustache. Very strongly mustachioed man. Nice. Okay. Um, I have a couple that start with... We only have two more, right? I only have one more because you stole my Liz Lemon. Oh. Next one, Walter White, uh, who is Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Yet another one of the shows that I'm like, this show is so amazing. Yeah. And someday... You're the only one I've ever heard say that. (laughs) That's sarcasm, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, someday you'll watch it like when you're retired or something, but, yeah. um, I enjoy a good, uh, man in briefs. It, it's the, I rewatched the pilot not that long ago and it's, it's just so strong. There was actually a funny, um, like a YouTube clip. Somebody took clips from the show and made it like if Breaking Bad had been a sitcom in the nineties, oh, what no. the theme song would have been like. <laughs> so it's like that that kind of, you know, sing songy song and the the credits mm-hmm. and like all the moments are them like stu- smiling or doing something happy and totally different than the actual show. It was really funny. I feel like it'd be hard to find clips from that show where people are smiling and Well, then someone tried to do the same thing with Walking Dead and that didn't come off as well because there's yeah. much fewer in Walking Dead. Um, but Walter White is such a fascinating character because, and I'm sure I've talked about this before. I think we did a whole podcast yeah. about him. Yeah. How he starts out as like the good Mr. Chips guy, and then slowly he becomes Scarface through yeah. like a series of choices that he makes. And uh, it's interesting that in like in one of the first episodes, it's showing him as a chemistry teacher, and he's talking about how chemistry is the study of change, and how through these things ha- that happen you know, changes occur. And that was a very, like, key moment, really, early on that was kind of setting the tone, although no one who watched it at that point really knew because they didn't know that that's what the show was going to become. It was really the change of his character. Through all these circumstances and and paths where he could have, like, done something to save this person's life or let them die or chosen to do this or that, every time he makes the choice to do something evil. And it just turns him into this other person that you still root for, which is incredible. Like, right. I almost put um, one of the villains on the show, although it's you could argue that Walter White is now a villain, but um, Gus Fring, who's in it for two or three seasons, um, played by Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. You know who that is? Mm-hmm. He's amazing in it. And... Um, I, I originally had him, and then I was like, no, I gotta put Walter White. He's just such a fascinating character. That is one of the least black guy-sounding names ever. It is. Although, 
I don't know. I feel like I may have texted you this. I was watching, rewatching, um, uh, Trading Places. Mm-hmm. And when Eddie Murphy's in jail at the beginning of the, the show, Giancarlo Esposito's one of the other dudes in jail. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> so. Anyway, Walter White, number nine. Okay. Could we possibly have the same number ten? No. Uh, well, I doubt it. No. You would know. You know for sure. You should be able to say who my number ten is. Oh, does it start with a Z or something? No. X? X-Men? It's a show that we watched together. It's a show that we started watching together. Dawson's Creek? Pacey? Pacey Witter, number 10. Oh, okay. Love Pacey. Yeah. I mean, he was... I know num- you do. He's number one on my list. <laughs> he's such know. a great character. Joshua Jackson. Yeah. I mean, in the first... That's another incredible pilot. Yeah. In the first episode of the whole series, he meets this girl in the video store... Not that that's dated or anything. And it ends up you being... You at the Redbox kiosk? It ends up being his teacher. Right. And he, like, professes his love for her, and then, by the end, kisses her and says, I'm the best sex you'll never have. I... In the first episode of the series! Yeah. I, it grabs And me. then later has sex with her. I feel like I would have been more into that plot if, if the teacher had been more attractive. Even even looking through the 1997 filter, I was going to say, we were living at UC San Diego at the time. She had to have appeared pretty attractive to us. <laughs> a burn. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> but, like, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't that attractive. Well, she was also, like, 40, right? Yeah. Well. Uh, speaking of 40-year-old women, here's my last one. Ooh. I wrote it as alcoholic female, and I gave the examples of Karen from Will and Grace and Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. Ah. But I enjoy the uh, the boozy broads, I guess. She plays uh, Ron Ooh. Swanson's uh, Karen. Uh-huh. Uh, what's her name? Yes. Okay. She plays, I know what you mean. <laughs> she plays one of Ron Swanson's ex-wives in uh. Uh, Parks and Rec. And she's always like being super sexual, like flashing him and, and stuff <laughs> like that. She's really funny in it. Yeah. She is really good. She is. Tough to compete with Lucille, though. Tough, tough to complete, compete with Lucille. And, like, that, the, the Will and Grace show is hard to get through. And because I don't like... I didn't like uh, the Sean well, Hayes character. Yeah, okay. And I didn't really like Will or Grace, especially not Grace. And I didn't really David like mm. Woody Harrelson, the aforementioned show ruiner Woody Harrelson. And, he was uh, on that show? Yeah, he's like her boyfriend. Or Harry Connick was... I mean, I really only liked it for her. Sidebar. Yeah. There are these... Um, Billboards up in mm-hmm. various places around Sacramento for a Spanish language soap opera. Okay. Have you seen these? No. There's a woman in the forefront. She looks like a Latina, like, and her skin hasn't changed that much. She looks like Deborah Messing, except <laughs> big breasted oh. and Latina. Mm. And I'm like, if that's what Deborah Messing had actually looked like, then I would have watched that show. If it had been Will and Graciela, then yes, <laughs> exactly. I would be right there. Exactly, because. Yeah. Yeah, Grace is, I mean, she was probably, what, 80 pounds of, yeah, Grossness. no good. That's not what a woman's yeah. supposed to look like. New. So. That's why just the gay man like her. Okay. So you ended with a twofer. I did. And I ended with Pacey Witter. Yeah. Who's like two men in, in one he's, boy. He's every man. <laughs> he's who every man wants to be. Yeah. All right, here are my 10 least favorite. And okay. technically I added an 11th least favorite. Hmm. Uh, and these are more than you love. These are in no particular order. Okay. Uh, and I can shoot through them pretty quickly because we're getting close to an hour and we gotta go eat some chicken wings. We gotta get some wings. Number one. Yep. Lutz. Yeah. From 30 Rock. Agreed. Is he the least, is he the worst he, on this show? I think he's gotta be. Yeah. 
And, and it's one of those ones where it's like you want less of him on. I mean, oh, yeah. I, it's it's kind of funny to have like the one they all pick on or the one that's really gross or whatever. But bleh, I yeah. want less less Lutz. Less Lutz. Did you watch the final season of Twenty Four? Maybe the one where there's the woman president, Cherry Jones. Yeah. Okay. Which and is, where they get which should help. not be the name of a white woman, by the way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Cherry Jones and Giancarlo Esposito. She gets together. Okay, if you remember on that season, she had a daughter, and the daughter was kind of weird looking. And you and couldn't tell if the daughter was like in on the conspiracy right. or not. But or she was always making really stupid, selfish decisions. Yeah. She's on my list. I hated that character. The daughter from okay. yeah, President's daughter. Hated that character. Number three, uh, True Blood. Mm-hmm. I, I watched True Blood. Marianne the Maynad. Ah, ah yeah, that was the worst. That I hated that whole plot line, and. She was Ensign Rowe in Star Trek Next Generation? I feel like I hated the uh, witch from the more recent one more than I hated her. Mm. Interesting. Mm, I think I hated her more. Because her whole thing was just getting people together and having them fuck and stuff, That's right? True. Including old people. Yeah, but still. It was, it was kind of comical when you see like the like bumbling sheriff out there or whatever. Whereas the witch one was just like annoying and there didn't seem to be any way to defeat her. And... Are you all the way caught up then? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Speaking of Star Trek Next Generation, number yeah. four? Wesley Crusher. Wesley Crusher, for <laughs> sure. Of course. Uh, number five is a Dawson's Creek character. Uh-oh. Uh, please be the blonde girl. Annie McPhee. Oh. No, not Jen. Yeah. Annie McPhee, the one who dated uh, yeah. Casey and was like psycho and right. pills and all that stuff. She's terrible. Number six. You just don't like her because she got between you and Pacey. Amen to that. <laughs> number six, Mary Catherine Gallagher. I don't get what people like about this character. Yeah. She is the worst. Yes. She's the worst. I thought about putting also... Uh, Just put Molly Shannon. I mean, the really... Whole, the whole uh, what's up with that sketch nowadays, to yeah. me, is like the worst thing that they do. And I didn't even do any research. I feel like was. a lot of times Saturday Night Live is trying to build some sort of legacy sketch. And really, I feel like... The Californians? Well, but I feel like that was more like they did it once and then that kind of like became been a good. It should have been a once-off. Oh, you don't like it? It's the same thing every time. Yeah. The first time was so good. I feel like they want they. I feel like they write things like it's going to be the next Wayne's World or the next Church mm-hmm. Lady or the next right. you know like long running repeatable. Well, thing. I mean that's what you want to do, right? Because then you can just keep doing it every week, right? Or every other week, and then it. it but it's like know. forcing it on people. I mean, if they had like five sketches like that that they could just keep going to those wells, it would make their job so much easier, right? Uh, number seven is Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Okay. You'll see when you watch Joffrey it. the Toys R Us elephant? He looks like Draco Malfoy. Or giraffe? Okay. So, Blonde? Yeah. He's the worst. Looks like Javier Bardem in Skyfall? Not so much. <laughs> uh, Lily on Modern Family. The new daughter? <laughs> She's Agreed. terrible! Agreed. She, anything that has to do with her. And it sucks because... Almost always, you know, the t- her two dads are hilarious, yeah. but their plotline is always intertwined with her somehow, and so it, she always brings them down. I feel like they got the new one because the old one was too much of a baby, and they wanted a toddler that could, like, she's speak, but weird she's weird looking. She's yeah. so bad. Yeah. She's so well, she's bad. Asian, and they're not, so, you know. Right, but that's part of it. You're like, how is she their daughter? No, it's... And also, one of them's not a woman. <laughs> Number nine is from the TV show Dexter. Okay. Maria LaGuerta. Mm. That doesn't really I sort of like too, her. Yeah. Nah, she's she's just annoying. She's very she is someone who tries to get ahead and and I'm like a woman who tries to get ahead and, no. and be conniving. No, I you're hate a close that. one. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. it, for any of our listeners who watch Dexter, hopefully you hate her too. Uh, number ten, Pierce on Community, Chevy Chase's yeah. character. 
Unnecessary. And that's a tough one, because uh, there's like three characters on that show that are absolutely terrible. Britta? <laughs> if Britta... <laughs> not Britta? I'm attracted enough to Britta no, no. that I... You would take I, Britta over... Hell no. The dark-haired girl? No way. Yeah, well then... But I'm still attracted enough to her yeah. to, to get over her annoyingness. Hmm. Okay, then who are the annoying the ones? Dean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's a one-trick <laughs> Sometimes he's funny, but he's a one-trick Chang. Player. Chang. Oh, yeah, we don't Chang, Chang. Chang, Pierce, and the Dean are all like... I enjoy the Dean. The Dean makes me laugh. Who's your favorite character on the show? Uh, probably... Annie? And his boobs? No. Pro- yeah. <laughs> probably Abed and Troy together. I, to me, Troy is the best. I love yeah, Troy. I enjoy he's Troy. hilarious. Um, my final one, my number 11... Joe Buck commentary. <laughs> That's an excellent one, and I hope uh, I hope everyone agrees. Yeah, it it's not. He just he's bad at everything. He is. Bad. Do you remember the day last and year he gets where to do so much? He does football. He does baseball. Do you remember there's a day where he did like a Giants game and then rushed across town to do a Niners game or vice versa or something? And I was like, he just ruined two big things. <laughs> Seriously, two America really wants more Joe Buck. No, no, we don't. Well, and he's associated with Fox, right? Yeah. So Fox. As usual, has its finger on the pulse of what America wants. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I guess this way we, rather than starting our podcast with hate, we, we can end, end with Joe Buck hate. The hate of Joe Buck, which yeah. will burn like an eternal flame. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for adding something pointed at the end. Yeah. I hate Joe Buck. Yes. How's me that? too. Yeah. But you know what I love? Wings. Wings. Let's go get some. That's a podcast. That's a podcast. Mm-hmm.